Greetings, Pear Shorpins and Retrogrades. I hope you're excellent. I've been doing some thinking, my friends, and what I discerned badly needed to be done is a show presenting to you, the goodly Catholics, the Pear Shorpins and Retrogrades, a case for the what I will put forward as unmistakable truth that the third secret of Fatima has not been fully revealed. And this case, which no one's been talking about lately, you haven't heard me talk about it in like two years, should be made exclusively on the facts of public record. So what's never before been done has been a show on a podcast form, a Catholic podcast, with 10 facts of public record. Some are some are much more strong, some are more suggestive, that demonstrate that the third secret at Fatima has not yet been fully revealed by the church. You've heard me talk about it on TNT. You've heard lots of people doing copycat shows of the, the three or four TNT shows on Fatima, also doing shows on Fatima, but you haven't heard the full account and you haven't heard them separate the wheat from the chaff, pull apart the facts of public record, because we don't want to be weirdo conspiracy theorists. This is not a conspiracy theory. I will prove to you today in 10 facts that it is a, a residual fact, once we pull out all the falsity, that there must be at least another substantial part of the secret of Fatima. I'll give you a guess at what it is, but it's really, really important. So those of you who don't know a lot about Our Lady of Fatima, to me, to many others the world over, the most fascinating of all the Marian apparitions because she gave a three-part secret there and because she did a miracle on October the 13th, 1917 that convinced a bunch of atheists and masons. The most, it's simply the most fascinating of all the Marian apparitions. It was always important to me even when I'd fallen away from the face. So buckle up. I'll give you the basic facts, but that's not what today's about. Today is mainly about the third secret of Fatima, and the mainstream matter-of-fact case for the proposition that it has not been fully revealed by the Vatican, which ostensibly revealed the full thing on June the 26th, year 2000. I'll show you why that must have been a partial re revelation from facts on record. No wacky conspiracy theories. I'm not saying they're all wrong. I'm just saying I, you don't need to submit to them to submit to the show that I've put together for you today, which is really a dynamite one. Uh, you don't have to believe that, they're, that the CIA killed the real Sister Lucy and that there were uh, multiple Sister Lucys. You don't have to believe CIA involvement at all or anything like that. There are lots of iterations and reiterations of such stuff. In order to disbelieve that the third secret is fully revealed, you do not need to believe anything other than the humble idea that Cardinals Bertone and Sodano, two guys in the Vatican, pretty much took it into their hands to cover it up. We'll talk about why in a second. Now, instead of, before we get to that, instead of imploring you, as I always do, to like, subscribe, click the notification bell, leave a comment, go ahead and do those things. But I'm not going to do that right now, right? I'm not going to implore you to do those things. Instead of imploring you to go to Timothy J. Gordon Patreon page to support this show because we do need help, forget that for today. Forget it for today. What I'm going to implore you to do is something specific 
with regard to the release of this excellent book, which I hope all of you have purchased. It's called Ask Your Husband by Stephanie Gordon. Usually I say yours truly, but the wife of yours truly. It's making waves. Today is the third day of official release. What I would ask you to do is, if you don't have it, get it. But even if you haven't yet purchased this book and read this book, open up another window right now on the internet, please. If you're you're watching this, I would seriously, as a favor, ask you to open up another window, go to Amazon, and the feminists have taken to ambushing this book. Ones that did not purchase it are just giving it a one, which damages it because this book has been all the rage. It's been in the top 10,000 books, which means it's selling a lot for, you know, almost consistently over the last three weeks in pre-order. And they've been, without reading it, they've been rating it. Without reading it, they're rating it. So with that second window open, here's what I would ask you to do. I'd never have you do anything, parish orphans and retrogrades, that is less than on the up and up. So I'm going to read you shortly the opening, and then I would just ask you to support this program, Rules for Retrogrades, today by going to Amazon and leaving a review on what you've heard. All you have to have heard is a couple sentences strung together. I'm going to read you the opening of Steph's book. Okay? Really fast. And then we're getting to Fatima. It's called The Basics. Do whatever he tells you, even writing books, chapter one. The most profound wisdom spoken by any woman in any time was the Virgin Mary's response at the Cana wedding feast. Do whatever he tells you. John chapter two, verse five. Our Lady, of course, spoke in deference to her most holy son. Such deference constitutes the precise topic of this book in the arena of the Christian household. The husband is the head of the wife, quote, in all things consistent with Christian piety. That's from the Catechism of Trent. This plainly means that the husband can order his wife in all ways except to sin. Note the careful to distinguish tone. Steph minds from the very beginning. The husband can order his wife to do all things aside from sin. Stated multiple times, catechetically, in the Bible, and in uh, papal encyclicals. Mary, Steph continues, deferring to her son, used these words to respond to a wedding attendant's request. Note, she responded not with silence, the way the feminists are, are characterizing Steph, saying that she's beaten into silence, Mary, which might be mistaken for perfect deference, but by opening her mouth and thereby diverting all authority to her son. That is the role of Mary. That is the role of the wife. That is, she said something rather than nothing. Mary did. I I love this opening. I would expect that if a woman writes a book, she speaks her mind by it. Life after the advent of feminism frequently insinuates the false alignment of absolute silence with perfect deference. This proposition usually true enough, proves false when uttered or received categorically. I caution my reader, the opposite of the opposition's credo is not always true. That is, feminists falsely claim that more female voices are needed, yet calling such a proposition false does not require the anti-feminist never to speak. After all, the Virgin Mary navigates the middle course, whereupon a woman speaks and thereby defers to a man. This book will aim to do just as Mary did. One might even say this book recommends that all women defer to male headship by its expression, this book's expression, instead of remaining silent. That's the first page and a half of Ask Your Husband. So now you've heard part of it. Please go review it, 
okay? And if you've purchased it and you're a verified purchaser, please, in that second window that's open, go review it. It got ambushed late last night by feminists. I told you we've been coming under all sorts of attacks of all manner over the last six months since before my book, The Case for Patriarchy, came out. And we need your help. Writing book is not an easy thing. It should be illegal on Amazon's buy, buy rules to go on there and adversely review a book without even buying it. Also, if you haven't bought her book and you're going to, to couple a couple books, buy The Case for Patriarchy as well. It's a his and hers. The Case for Patriarchy and Ask Your Husband. Okay, enough of that, right? <laughs> enough of that. Please, that, that was a, a favor from my heart to yours. There are only 12 copies left on Amazon. So if you haven't yet got it, go get it. We want to see those copies fly off the shelves by the end of this hour. But even if you already have it, please go review it. Fatima. Why the third secret of Fatima is not fully revealed, thus rendering a fourth unrevealed secret of Fatima. The fourth secret is the title of the book by Antonio Sochi that changed my mind in this direction. I'm going to give you what no one else on the internet has. We didn't even do it this concisely on TNT. A 10-reason list comprised of facts of public record, indisputable facts that the Vatican, nor the World's Press, nor New York Times dispute. 10 facts that do not constitute conspiracy theory, that constitute instead facts of public record that the first few of which, they are, there's a, there's a, um, hierarchy of value here. The first ones are more slam dunks than others. Do not leave it standing. The theory that on June 26, 2000, the third secret was revealed in full. There has to be a, another part of the third secret, which is a fourth secret, Il Cuarto Secreto di Fatima, as Antonio Sochi terms it, that remains unrevealed. I'll show you how. I'll show you why. So first off, and we order this 10-reason list by saying that lawyers talk about the distinction between dispositive evidence, a slam dunk, basically by itself, and merely evidentiary evidence, or strongly evidentiary evidence. Evidence that when it's factored together, totals a, a strong case. Okay, the very first two of these 10 reasons why the, the third Fatima secret can't have been fully revealed, are what I would call very near to dispositive. The other eight are strongly evidentiary, okay? So we're going to get to it in one second. Those of you who don't know tons about Fatima, here's it in 30 seconds. I'm going to take in a breath like Ace Ventura and spit at you as much as I can. A series of apparitions is what we call Fatima from May 13th, 1917 to October 13th, 1917. She appeared, our Virgin, the good lady, appeared to three Fatima seers, children uh, just under 10 years old, three cousins, a brother and a sister, and their cousin Lucy, who we will be calling Sister Lucy, who is the main seer who lived long thereafter. To tell about it, Lucy lived even into my day, my heyday. I, I was alive. Most of my life, Lucy was alive. She just died. The two, uh, the brother and sister, who are named Francisco and Jacinta, they were told by Mary, among other things, that they would die uh, shortly, and both of them did. Uh, on the other hand, Sister 
Lucy was told that she would live on. She would be the seer who would interact with the Vatican and interact with the world's press, and she did. Okay, so at this uh, series of six apparitions I'll be referring to, um, the third apparition was July the 13th, 1917. The sixth was October the 13th, 1917. And there was a growing crowd each month, by the way. This is is a little longer than 30 seconds, but this is the basic framework of how the six apparitions worked. By far, to today's show, the most important date was the July 13th, 1917 apparition um, when she delivered the secret, the the three-part secret to the three kids. Also, the sixth and final apparition was October the 13th when 70 to 90,000 people appeared, many of whom were from the secular, Masonic, Marxist world's press. They came to mock, huge gathering. Uh, Right after noon, it was a a rainy, sogged-in morning. People were very cold and wet. They all came out because the world's press had picked up on this story. Between May 13th and October 13th, a growing crowd would gather at the Holm Oak, uh, where Mary appeared to these kids outside of Fatima at Coimbra. And um, even by like the third and fourth apparition, it was like a crowd of 20,000. But by the sixth, for the promised miracle, it was 70 to 90,000, depending on your account, uh, which re- account you read. And what happened was the clouds parted right after noon and for eight to nine, you know, for a long time. Uh, I've, I've heard varying accounts of how long this lasted. But for the next almost 10 minutes, the clouds parted. Everyone was immediately dry. The sun fell and returned to the earth several times in front of 70 to 90,000 people. And thereafter, the world's press in 1917 was fascinated by, yes, what happened that day, October 13th, the final apparition, but what had happened three months prior to the day on July 13th, 1917, when the Virgin had delivered the secrets. So the mode of credibility of the secrets uh, was the uh, miracle of the sun, as it came to be called, because no one could explain it. No one can explain it outside of the phenomenology of miracle. Okay, so the world's press got really interested in the three-part secret of Fatima. The uh, first two parts of the secret basically... We'll we'll talk about this as we go along, but the first two parts were revealed immediately. Mary said, wait 43 years to to, to, uh, Sister Lucy. She told her, wait 43 years to reveal the third secret because the meaning of it will be clearer than in 1960. Okay, this is all facts of public record. So no one should reveal this before 1960. She meant to pinpoint 1960. And from there, we will begin. So it's the third secret that New York Times, LA Times, London Examiner, they were all following over the course of 43 years, the secular world's press, the revelation of that secret sometime presumably in 1960. You got that? Yeah, so if you're new to Fatima, I, I'm, I'm reading good stuff here. Okay, this is, this is the, the quick, this is the, from the small to the large, here's the backstory. Now let's talk about why the revelation of that third secret didn't happen in 1960. It allegedly happened in the year 2000 on June 26, 2000. I'm presenting the reasons why it was a partial revelation that the Vatican made on June 26, 
2000 and why part of it, the juiciest part, was not revealed. Okay, 10 reasons. You can take these to the bank, paratrophins and retrogrades. Okay, reason number one. The words of the Virgin on July 13th, 1917, to Sister Lucy say that there were actual that that there was actually a textual component to the third secret why is now this is a slam dunk it might not sound like it here's the purloined letter if if you know uh edgar Allan poe's uh crime story the purloined letter the most important thing is hiding there right on the mantle before your eyes it's a great story go read poe's purloined letter the purloined letter is the fact that the Vatican, on June 26, 2000, did not reveal a single word of the Virgin Mary to Lucy, Jacinta, and Francisco. Did not reveal a single word. What they revealed was a long, in, in Sister Lucy's hand script and in her own voice, uh, her explanation of a vision she was given. The third secret. We'll talk about more about what this vision means and all that, but it was not one word of the Virgin that was revealed in the year 2000. And yet, we know for a fact that the third secret included words of the Virgin Mary. It was not just a graphical image. The Vatican has admitted as much. You see, in between 1917 and now, now 105 years almost, in May, the words of the Virgin were this. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. The etc. means there's more texts to follow. But we know that, that the Vatican all along released that. Sister Lucy talked about those words. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc., which we think is the body of the secret. The Vatican did not reveal this in the year 2000. They revealed Sister Lucy's two-page description of uh, what she saw for the third part of the secret, which was like a vision Mary gave her. The first part of the secret was a vision of hell and some words of Mary to follow. The second part of the secret was a vision of world strife, um, First and Second World War, specifically, and some words by the Virgin Mary of explanation to follow. We found out in 2000 that the third part of the secret was this vision, which we'll describe at the end of the show. Maybe you can get that up in Sister Lucy's words, but not a single word from the Virgin Mary. However, in between 1917 and the year 2000, uh, the Vatican acknowledged... Sister Lucy's memoirs that the, there were at least some words of the Virgin Mary. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved, etc. Meaning, pres, you know, presumably, the dogma of the faith will not be preserved outside of Portugal. And that, etc. Um, includes a lot. So that's reason number one. As a matter of fact, the Vatican has at some times acknowledged that the third part of the Fatima secret contained words by Mary. What the uh, Vatican presented June 26, 2000 did not contain a single word of Mary. So at the very least, 
Where is that sentence in Portugal? The dogma of the faith will always be preserved. That is a slam dunk. There is at least one sentence that we can enumerate, we can articulate, we can enunciate it, that does not appear in that list presented to us by Cardinal Bertone and Cardinal Sedano. We'll talk about them a little bit more at the end of the show. On June 26, 2000, as the comprehensive Four Corners document of the entire Third Secret of Fatima, and it does not appear there, the sentence, in Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved. That's just pointing out the inconsistencies of the Vatican. That's not conspiracy theory, friends. I've got my beautiful statue of uh, Our Lady of Fatima uh, right here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, please let me only say uh, true things and helpful and guiding things to you guys as we talk about it, because it's a touchy topic. One word of hedging before I go to slam dunk reason number two, another what I'd call very close to dispositive reason that the third secret has not to date been fully revealed, number two. But I would just hedge by saying this. People have asked me about my view on the third secret over the last three years. As I've researched my my Vatican II book, which is began, remember, two years after 1960, the year in which Mary wanted the uh, third secret fully revealed, and one year after 1959, uh, wherein uh, John XXIII announced that Vatican II would be happening, people have thought, oh, well, Tim, you, you, you researched this book for Vatican II, changed your, your mind some about the documents of Vatican II themselves, does this change your view of what the third uh, Fatima secret is? The idea is basically no, okay? Because I, I, I won't, I won't uh, hide the ball like a law school professor. Basically, what I believe is the third secret, totally horrible, we'll talk about this in reason number three, is basically that most of the church, as we've seen here in COVID, will go into a uh, uh, high-profile, very low-level apostasy, and that people, Christians, Catholics, will feel all but abandoned. And it will happen at the very highest levels of the church. It's not even that shocking now, because it's already happened. As, as Fata, Fatima enthusiasts point out, it's already happened. There's not that much that's a secret about it, even though the Vatican hasn't revealed it. So, whereas before, you know, if I were more skeptical of the Vatican II documents, yes, I might have said that Mary wanted the third secret of Fatima revealed in 1960 because Fatima, uh, Vatican II had already been announced about nine months before, and it was going to begin in about a year and nine months. And maybe that third secret was warning about the documents themselves. All I say now that's a, a mild reiteration of what I thought before now that I've, I've gone through the, the documents very finely in my tan book that's not yet, yet released, is, you know, it's basically the effects of the documents, the, uh, the, the, the codified heteropraxy, the codified implementation of the documents that more or less is probably being warned about, along with a bunch of other more widespread cultural implications um, within the church, Okay. We'll talk about this again as we go. Let's talk about reason the, the secret wasn't revealed, number two. This is also a slam dunk one, and it also is, it has the same title, The Words of the Virgin, 
Whereas the words of the virgin before were the words of the virgin not included in the, uh, in the Vatican-approved revelation of the secret in 2000, even though the Vatican had acknowledged that there were words of the virgin in the third secret, this reason number two is the words of the virgin coming directly from Sister Lucy as she reports in her third and fourth memoir, she asked Mary, can I tell your words, in hard brackets, of the third secret to Francisco? This is very important. Think again, the purloined letter. This is also dispositive evidence when I arrange the fact for you to see. Otherwise, you just look over the purloined letter on the mantle and you scan the room for something more obvious, something less obvious. I should say. I'll, I'll help arrange it that way, and I'll do so now. So, um, Lucy says to Our Lady on July 13, 1917, what does your grace wish of me? Our Lady says, I want you to come here on the 13th of next month, continue to pray the rosary every day in honor of Our Lady of the Rosary in order to obtain peace for the world and to end the world, uh, the war. World War I was ongoing, uh, for she alone can be of any avail. Lucia says, I would like to ask you to tell us who you are. Us, she means herself and her two cousins, Jacinta and Francisco. And to perform a miracle so everyone will believe your grace appears to us. Our Lady responds, continue to come here every month. In October, I will tell you who I am and what I wish, and I will perform a miracle that everyone shall see so they can believe. And then they go on and they have some more dialogue. And Mary gives the three secrets to expressly to Sister Lucy. Now, this, this is where it gets really important. You don't want to miss a beat. Lucy, of her three cousins, is the only one with three out of three senses. The sense of vision, she can see Mary. Uh, hearing, she can hear the words of the Virgin, which is the title of this reason number two. And voice, she can speak back to the Virgin. Her, her younger cousin Jacinta has two of the three of her uh, faculties, her senses. She can see and she can hear the Virgin. She's not chosen, if you will, what have you, to speak back to the Virgin and to ask, you know, interrogatives, to interrogate certain points of, uh, that need clarity and whatnot. That's Lucy's job. Lucy can speak, hear, and see. Jacinta can hear and see. And little Francisco, little Francisco can, he can only see. He can neither speak nor hear the words, the words of the Virgin as she shares the secret with them on this third apparition. Okay. Um, this is very important. Uh, so, the Virgin gives the visions to all three of the kids. First one's a vision of hell. The first part of the secret, I should say, is a vision of hell, plus a little bit of text. Then after she shows them hell, which is deathly frightening, according to uh, Sister Lucy. She says uh, it, it was the, the bodies of... Uh, demons writhing in burnished bronze, burnished bronze, so frightening that she would have had a heart attack on the spot without assurances that they were all going to heaven. It's pretty obvious it was hell, but Mary bothers to speak. 
she says, what you've seen is a vision of hell where the souls of poor sinners go. Not a ton of speech, but some speech. So you have secret 1A. As I think, I think uh, Taylor Marshall and I were the first ones to come up with it this way. 1A is the vision of hell. 1B is Mary saying what you've seen is hell, the virgin's words. Then she showed to all three children 2A, which is uh, a vision of world strife. The first world was going on. Um, this would also bridge over and include, uh, uh, presumably, in the vision, the Second World War. And then 2B, a more lengthy explanation. The Virgin proceeded to say many things. When World War I would end, there would be peace. What would happen if Russia were not consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, which she ordered in this secret 2B? What would happen would be another greater world war would break out. And when it would break out, she gave the months of the end of World War I and the month of the beginning of World War II. This is all part of Secret 2B. She's saying a lot. And then she's saying, I want all of the world's bishops to together consecrate Russia to my Immaculate Heart. So there's a vision, like a mushroom cloud or something. I, I forget exactly what the vision 2A was. But lots of text in, in 2B. And then she said, don't share the third secret until 1960. What it turned out to be, I'll read it to you at the end of the show, at least what was given to us by the Vatican on June 26, 2000, was a, vis- a very lengthy vision of a, a, a bishop in white, probably the Pope, surrounded in a city, probably Rome, that's half corrupt, being fallen upon and killed by paramilitary men shot with arrows and bullets. Arrows and bullets. Arrows and bullets. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, And then, according to the Vatican, no text. Well, reason number two, that this is a bunch of bunk, that the full third secret has not been revealed. There was text. 3B, which is still missing. Whatever this is, February the 3rd, 2022. The Vatican never presented it to us nearly 22 years ago when they came clean. Here's how we know. So we already went through uh, reason one, the words of the Virgin that the Vatican uh, acknowledged many times between 1917 and 2000. But reason number two, um, according to Lucy herself in her fourth memoir, she said, Holy Mother, can uh, can I reveal to Francisco, who cannot hear you, the third secret, or should it be kept secret from him? And she says, yes, you can go ahead and tell the third secret to Francisco as well. You can tell my words. Can you tell, can I tell your words to Francisco? Yes, you can tell my words of the third secret to Francisco. So this is the second way we prove that the third secret of Fatima, Antonio Sochi calls this part of the third secret of Fatima, the fourth secret, il cuarto segreto to Fatima. That is a slam dunk. That did not appear, not one word. We know what one of those sentences is from number one. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved. And it didn't appear. And now we have a second place where Sister Lucy says that the third secret is comprised by words of the Virgin. Remember, Francisco could only see the vision, but if the full extent of the third secret of Fatima were just visual, graphical, this hologram or whatever she showed them, 
then Francisco would have seen the full extent of the thing. That is what a lawyer calls dispositive evidence. Reasons number one and two. By the way, Francisco, uh, Mary acknowledged this, had some little non-mortal sin on his soul. She said, yes, Lucia, you and Jacinta are going to go to heaven, so don't worry, after she showed them the first secret, hell. So will Francisco, though he has a bigger venial sin on his soul, and therefore he'll have to do much penance in order to get to heaven. But yes, he'll go too. But because of this, it appears there's some spiritual debilitation, we don't know exactly what it is, where he only had one of the three faculties. Jacinta only had two of them, probably not as a punishment did she lack speaking. It was just the, old, the eldest cousin, uh, Lucia, had the ability to be the interlocutor with Mary. That's why she had all three. You see? Very fascinating stuff. Okay, so um, let's go through. Okay, so the third reason that's kind of beggared by these first two dispositive reasons, the third secret of Fatima is not fully revealed. The third reason is just the, this is, this is what I call merely evidentiary. It plays complementarily very nicely with reasons one and two, is that each of the three secrets have an A, B superstructure. A first part, second part, superstructure. A graphical, textual superstructure. Secret one is a vision of hell. Secret 1B is um, the Virgin's words about hell. Descriptive, uh, hermeneutical words about hell. Secret two is world affairs and the centrality of Russia there too, especially the world, the two world wars. Secret 2B is the meaning of Russia. By the way, Lucy and her two cousins were illiterate shepherd kids. Lucy was nine at the time. And they were so sweet and innocent little Portuguese shepherds that they thought Russia, at the time, they were, they were telling this to people. They thought Russia was an unfaithful woman because of secret 2B. The virgin had said um, that if Russia is not consecrated, her errors will spread to all the world. This means feminism, think of Steph's book here, and Marxism. Feminism and Marxism is the best way to interpret that probably. Her heirs, Russia's heirs, will spread to all the world. So Lucy took this so literally, she thought Russia was an unfaithful woman. That's how sweet and innocent these kids were. But so definitely there were words of the Virgin in, in two, and that's what they were. Then secret three, the vision, which I'll read to you at the end of the show, about a bishop clad in white being attacked in Rome, and Rome has basically been sacked, probably from within. And secret 3B, what is it? Well, the superstructure of the three-part secret, the tripartite uh, metaphysical structure of the secrets would suggest that it would be the meaning of that most inscrutable, most uh, difficult to understand secret three. We are in the middle of a flash flood, by the way, so hopefully I won't go out. I want to get this all out in one show, but we are at the end of Secret 3, if so, and I'll pick up after that. So that's, that's a, a very evidentiary compliment, secret uh, reason for disbelieving that the third secret is fully revealed. 
complement to reasons number one and two, which are all but dispositive. Okay? Um, now, reason number four, which is another nice complement, but is even more compelling than reason number three, it complements one and two, is Lucy herself, her reactions to secret number two versus her reactions to secret number three. Okay, let me give you some history. When the Virgin uh, gave Lucy secret 2B, the text, the meaning of that second vision, she explained millions would die in the Second World War. Whole nations would be wiped off the map in that Second World War. CIA or FBI uh, has agents that say, Lucy knew so much, how could she have known? How could she know the month that World War II would end? A decade before. Uh, sorry, two decades before. Um, but the point is, <laughs> um, Lucy didn't bat an eye. Millions of people will die in secret too. Nations will be wiped off the map. This horrible stuff has a spiritual component, which is also very frightening, right? That World War II would only happen if it meant that the world had made the creator, creator God, more angry by not consecrating Russia. This is terrifying stuff. Basically, the insinuation of nuclear holocaust. And nine-year-old Lucy of Fatima doesn't bat an eye when she recounts it. No problem. However, in her third and fourth memoir, what Lucy says about the third secret is this. She was ordered to write it down about a decade and a half later by her bishop, who had been brought up to speed on all this. Uh, he, uh, had he read it? No, I'm getting all, I, I have a lot of facts arranged for you. So she'd been ordered to write it down about uh, almost two full decades later because she got a bad, bad case of the flu. Remember, the flu had killed within a year and a half of the apparitions, both cousins. Both cousins had been told they would be killed at the time. It's impressive stuff. But with such a sick, bad case of the flu, they were worried that the secret would die with Lucy, the few people who were in on it, and all the world, the Catholic world and the secular world, including major papers like New York Times, LA Times, were going to wait those 43 years until the revelation of the third secret in 1960. When uh, Sister Lucy's bishop in the late 30s, I'm forgetting exactly how late in the 30s, uh, the 1930s, said, go ahead and write it down. You're so sick. He told her this in November of that year. And she said, okay, I'll go try to do it. What she records in her third and her fourth memoir is that each time she would sit down with pen and paper to try to write it down, she would start trembling. It was so horrible. It had so much gravitas. That's how I would describe it. It had so much gravitas. She would tremble. She would quake. She couldn't write it down. She tried this several times over the course of November of that year. I think this is 1936, but don't quote me. It might be 37. She tried through December of that year. And she finally came back to her bishop around Christmas and she said, I've tried to do this. It's a very faithful woman, obviously. Become a nun. You're going to have to give me an Episcopal order. That will be the only thing to steal my wool enough 
to get me to be able to do this. It's so terrifying. The third secret. He gave her an Episcopal order and a couple weeks later, into January, she, she got it done. She tried for two months fully to write down the third secret and it, you know, it took her the full time to muster up the strength to be able to do it. So I would say that reason number four, that the third secret of Fatima cannot have been fully revealed on June 26, 2000, that's very compelling, all facts of public record, is the simple um, comparative mesalliance, the non-rapport between Lucy's relative respective reactions. Her reaction to the second secret, nuclear holocaust. And she's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. She doesn't bat an eye. And then the third secret, she's trembling, she's quaking. It, I mean, she was trembling and quaking because of the first secret, hell, but that's a little, that's more personal. What could it be? It must be something, but just by the first principle, the logical axiom we call proportionalism. This is a lawyer's, this is a courtroom thing. We're not talking about crazy conspiracy theories. Proportionalism. Lucy was not even batting an eye at nuclear holocaust, secret number two. Secret number three? What was the Vatican's interpretation, Cardinal Bertoni's interpretation of the document, uh, of the vision, in Lucy's words, of secret 3A, presented June 26, 2000? It was this. That a Pope, John Paul II, we're going to get more into this with, with my later reasons, obviously, but John Paul II would be attempted assassinated, and he would survive. Full stop. <laughs> that, that's, I mean, can I get a response here? That's the proportional, that's so much worse than nuclear holocaust, what? I'll do the slow clap. Yeah. The Vatican is asking you to believe, reason number four, the non-rapport between the comparative reactions of Lucy to second secret, third secret. The Vatican's asking you to believe, my friends, that this sane, very holy, very holy little girl, beatified, now beatified little girl, Lucy, who is a great fearer and friend of heaven, would not bat an eyelash at nuclear holocaust, whole nations being wiped into the map, a second world war worse than the first one, which she was, um, I think her brother had died in the first one, right? Everyone hated it. But world war sucks, right? A second one, 20 years later, would break out and it would be way worse than the first one. That was still, it had all of the fearsomeness of the unknown. And she just, no, no big deal. She rattled that off. And then the third secret was, by the way, it's 1917 in, um, in 64 years, the Pope, who you have no familiarity with, he's an abstraction in your mind. He's a future guy who does not yet live, right? Did JP2 live in 1917? No, he's got to be younger than her. He's not yet alive. A future Pope will be attempted assassinated and will survive. I, I don't think I have to even, I don't think I need to produce more than reasons one, two, three, four. Reason four being proportionalism or utter lack thereof utter lack of proportionality between Lucy's response to <laughs> secret two and Lucy's response to secret three. There must be more. There must be a, a, a virginal interpretation by the Virgin Mary of three of that vision. I'll read it at the end of the show. 
that makes it that puts this in context. Oh, when we finally get to read Il Corto Segreto, really 3B, maybe it'll just be in heaven. That's why Lucia Dos Santos was not terrified by the prospect of uh, mass genocide in World War II and was utterly petrified of Secret 3. Because Secret 3, by it we mean Secret 3B, 3B, the interpretation of that vision, 3A, which the Vatican, Cardinals Bertone and Cardinal Sedano, say is just the attempted assassination, the failed attempt of assassination on JP2. Full stop. We could stop there, but I'm not going to because I promised you 10. All right? That is what you call a slam dunk. Reasons one and two together with three and four. Okay? I don't care who you are. That's a slam dunk. Reasons uh, five through 10 are a little quicker. Um, Historically speaking, Cardinals Sedano and Bertone controlled the secret from 1960 to 2000, not not all the way back to 1960, Um, in in the years running from 1960, when it was supposed to be revealed, but wasn't, to 2000, when it was revealed. And by this, I mean partially revealed. I do believe, by the way, that the vision that they revealed on June 26th, Bertone and Sedano, was not falsified. I believe that was secret 3A. I think that's the most reasonable arrangement of this uh, complex palimpsest of um, constellational facts. Okay? That's what I believe. I think that's 3A. But they controlled the narrative. JP2 was, as you hear many of his most ardent defenders always saying about JP2's lapses in judgment, he was deep deeply being consumed whole by his Parkinson's and his lieutenants ran the show. Now, secret uh, reason number five, not to believe that uh, Fatima third secret is fully revealed. Cardinal Ratzinger was the CDF. Cardinal Ratzinger, we know he'd said in a 1984 interview, had, had read it. We know Cardinal Ratzinger, um, seemed to favor its revelation from various interviews he gave in the 80s. He seemed to favor its uh, gravity, that it was really, really important. And he was the second in charge of the church. He was basically JP2's first in charge of doctrine. <laughs> so an apparitional secret would have been his purview, would have been under his charge. For whatever reason, the lieutenants in, in under JP2, most of whom were left-leaning, like Bertone and Sedano, did not want him in, in control of it. And they presented the secret. They controlled its disposition, its exposition, not Ratzinger. In 1984, by the way, this is part of call this part of reason number five. Ratzinger gave an interview where he said that the third secret continues. This is after 1981, which is allegedly the meaning of the third secret, the assassination attempt on JP2. He says in 1984-1985, the meaning continues to have value today. How could it? If we're just this failed assassination attempt, it makes no sense. So we're going to get really specific to the timeline. But but the reason you shouldn't believe Bertone and Sedano is because this doesn't even require the whole apparatus of the Vatican lying to you. 
And it's not really even a lie. It's more like what St. Augustine calls a mental reservation. They just gave you part of it. Also, remember, as part of five, that Sedano and Bertone alone controlled the exposition of the secret, that following upon October 13th, 1917, the miracle of the sun, which made all the world's press, LA Times, New York Times, London Examiner, interested in Fatima, um, Cre- they, they, it made Fatima credible in even the secular world's eyes. Many converted there on the spot. Many were Masis, Masons and Marxist newspaper men who came out to mock these poor kids who had said that on October the 13th, 1917, the sixth apparition, uh, Mary would show all the world a miracle right after noon, right after 12 p.m. They went out to mock. But after that, the world's biggest newspapers followed the year 1960 closely, hounding it. They wanted this release of the third secret because it's damn interesting, even from a secular point of view. It's a spectacle. It's a, it's a believable spectacle to them. Okay, so the papers had made a big deal in 1960 when the Vatican temporarily released a press statement which nullified their commitment to revealing it in that year. The papers went ape. New York Times, LA Times were hounding the Vatican. What? You're not going to reveal the secret of the Virgin Mary in 1960 after we've waited this whole time? Then, when that happened, the Vatican took away the document, shadow banned the document where they said that they would never reveal it in 1960. All kinds of weird stuff are going on in and out of the Vatican about the release of the document in 1960. So the point is, everyone was watching the ball. Everyone had their eye on the ball. They knew right where it was. What's the Vatican going to do? The secular world cared. The Catholic world cared. It was different times. Back then, even the secular world was somewhat amenable, a little bit amicable, barely amicable enough to care about something interesting in the Catholic world. So when Bertone and Sedano controlled the secret rather than Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith Prefect Ratzinger, that's very, very odd. I'll take a pause now and I'll say, if my guess is correct and the the, the meaning of the secret 3, 3B, the words of the Virgin, say anything about a widespread low-key apostasy gone into by the church at its highest places, then it would be the lefties, the mainstreamers, the normies, the business-as-usual types within the church, like Bertone and Sedano, who controlled the secret. To, to, it would be against their interest to reveal it. That, that's pretty obvious. Reason Number six, I already mentioned this, in uh, a couple mid-1980s interviews, Cardinal Ratzinger says that the secret is not fulfilled. The meaning of the secret is not fulfilled. I I need like a timeline up here now. What would he have meant then? He'd already read it. Reason number six, you can't believe that it's fully revealed because by 1984 or 1985, whenever he said this to, to Jesu magazine, a German uh, periodical, he said uh, Fatima's meaning is not fulfilled or something like that. It's still got prophetic meaning. It's not yet done. Well, 
Fast forward 15 or 16 years to 2000 when they revealed what the third secret was. The third secret was backward pointing 19 years, which was, so went forward 16 years, then backward 19, to something that had happened four years or so before Ratzinger gave this interview, three or four years. The attempted assassination of JP2 in 1981. It was on, by the way, May the 13th, 1981, that a Muslim uh, 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 Soviet-hired hitman named Ali Aga shot JP2 in front of everyone. And he traveled. He was brought to uh, Gemelli Hospital, where my eldest daughter lived for a month when she was first born in Rome, and, and Steph lived there with her. We, we always thought of the next room could be where they were keeping JP2, Gemelli Hospital outside Rome. I had a great view of St. Peter's Basilica from my window. Yeah, even though they it's kind of in the all, distance. Yeah, yeah, they always turned on the dome at like, I think it was like 10 o'clock at night. Nine. Nine. Yeah. Because yeah, I got kicked out at nine. They didn't let me stay there. I was all alone. We didn't have other kids, so I didn't have to leave for that. They In Italian hospitals, they kick you out. Gemelli would kick me out the month Stefan, young newborn Abby, were living there in Rome. They'd kick me out at nine. It was always a tearful goodbye. It was r- difficult for Stefan and I to rip one another uh, rip ourselves away from each other. I would have to return home by a, a couple different trains every night, and I'd come back the next day. It was a very, very, very s- scar tissue, psychic scar tissue-inducing time for us. And Abby was newborn and had, had undergone two brain surgeries, and we were worried sick about her. But right when I would get kicked out at nine, what would happen, Steph? They would turn on the lights at St. Peter. It was far away, but she could see it, and that would always give her great hope. So... JP2 was airlifted to Gemelli there. This is reason number six. In the year 1981, Fatima's third secret, according to the logic of the Vatican circa 2000, would have been fulfilled. Would, W-O-U-L-D, would have been fulfilled by 1984 when Ratzinger was giving this interview to JZU magazine. It would have been fulfilled. If it's just, hey, there's going to be an assassination attempt on JP2, he'll survive, so it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I don't know why that would upset Sister Lucy and all the rest of the first five reasons why you shouldn't believe this hogwash. (laughs) But, I mean, among other things, it's just chronology. The meaning of secret three, if the Vatican, according to what it released by Bertone in 2000, is true, then the meaning of secret three would have been fully exercised developed, fully revealed the day after JP2 got shot in May 13th of 1981, two two months after yours truly was born here. He got shot. That would be it. That's a weird thing to be the third secret of Fatima, but that would be it. So this is plainly contradicted by facts of record. Raxinger, who had seen the secret, we know he'd seen the secret. It's a fact. Everyone knows it. He said that Vatic, uh, Fatima's third secret's meaning was, was not yet fully exhausted. He said that in the middle 80s, after 1981, it can't have been just the assassination, simpliciter. Reason number seven. This brings us to the timeline. I, again, I need a timeline up here. I, I, have, I have one up there. I've been putting pictures Okay, up. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so think of this. Think of a timeline that's that involves the year 1960 
at its almost perfect midpoint, off by one year only, is the year 1981, uh, when, when JP2 was attempted, assassinated. And then, um, you know, the, the perfect midpoint would be the year 1980. But between 1960 and 1981, almost as perfect midpoint there, too, is the year 2000, when the Vatican revealed the third secret of Fatima. 1960 is when it's supposed to come out. 2000 is when it did come out, according to the common narrative. Almost exactly halfway between them, 1960 and 2000, is 1981. 1981 is, according to the 2000 interpretation by the Vatican, the mainstream account, the full meaning of the third secret of Fatima. So I'm kind of, it's, this kind of reiterates the point I was making with five and six. You see, now I ask you, if the Vatican deemed that it would be imprudent to release the secret in 1960, as Mary required, you're going to disobey the mother of God, the logic of heaven. So not only do they disobey Mary in 1960, but there are, are two very pressing issues of, of chronology here. Number one, I, I don't, not to put too fine a point on it, but how in the world would it be clearer then, as Mary told uh, Sister Lucy, in 1960, that there would be an attempted assassinated a pope in 1981. Push back on me, any of you, if you have any answers to these questions. These are what we call very slam dunk reasons. Steph, you too. But push back on me. How is it any clearer in 1960 or indeed 1980, prior to the attempted assassination of JP2, uh, that he would be attempted assassinated? So if you revealed in 1960... So says uh, the Vatican apparatus. Well, it, it ought to be clearer. Well, it's not. If you revealed in 1960, 1970, 1980, if you revealed on May the 12th, 1981, the day before he was attempted assassinated, this third secret, it would have no meaning because it hadn't yet happened. So the words of the Vatican, the logic, the rationale of the Vatican is butting up, running foul of the clear words of the Virgin given to us in, in uh, Sister Lucy's memoirs. And it's all about chronology. So issue number one, a 1981 assassination attempt would be no more intelligible in 1960 than it would, be in, uh, would have been in 1917. Because no one would have had any, any referent to recur to. JP2 hadn't been assassinated yet. And that would be true for... Another, you know, 20 years, you could jump to 1980 and it still would have no meaning because it, only, it's only broke once it's broke. JP2 was only shot after he was shot. So you see, contradiction there from chronology, from the perspective of the year 1960. Second part of this reason is a contradiction from the back end of the chronology. Here's what I mean. Reveal the secret in 1960, Vatican says no and disobeys Mary. Um... Their interpretation in 2000 of what should have been revealed in 1960 was what happened on May 13th, 1981. Okay, so for whatever reason they disobeyed her. That's the first half I just referred to. But why, oh why, tell me this, friends. Why would the Vatican, if the full extent of Secret 3 were JP2's attempted assassination, 
Why would they hold on to the secret in those 19 years separating 1981 and 2000? That's really, really queer. That's really, really odd. I, I mean, if okay, so imagine things had gone like this. Everyone goes ape after 1960, secularists and Catholics alike, when the Vatican doesn't reveal the third secret. Then in 1981, in the middle of May, May 13th, the Pope John Paul II gets capped, it gets shot by a, a, I didn't mean to be disrespectful, I'm just getting into things here, sorry. Uh, he gets shot, but not killed, by Muslim working for Soviets named Aliaga. More on this in a second. And, um, and then on May 14th, 1981, as long as the Vatican waits to see, okay, JP2 is going to recover in Jameli Hospital. Good. Now let's reveal. Hey, guys, Catholics, LA Times, New York Times, it's, it's uh, May the 14th, 1981. This was the meaning of the third secret. That's what they did, they, except they waited 19 years to do it. Why would they wait those 19 years? Why would they sit on their hands for 19 more years? You'd just say, sorry, we waited 21 years too long from 1960 <laughs> to 1981, but we didn't know when this was going to happen, this assassination attempt. And now that it's happened, we can reveal to you all, sorry that it's 21 years late. That would have been normal, right? Or more normal. You still would have the problem that it wouldn't have been any more intelligible in 1960 than 1917, an event of 1981, See how this is very chronological? But they didn't do that, did they? They waited 19 more years until JP2 said on May 13th, 2000, he said, it's time to reveal this. What? It makes no sense. The chronology is almost as much of a slam dunk as reasons number one and two. It's an uncompelling timeline. Um, yeah, so thanks for putting that up. We will, uh, we'll take questions at the end of this. Um, this to me is very, very, very strange, very, very compelling. It prompts us to the proposition that, that once again, this was not a full revelation on June 26, 2000. By the way, Aliaga, the Muslim Soviet bot, um, attempted assassin at court, also on record, like everything else I'm saying here. Knew, I think at, at his trial, which was 83 or 84, he knew and said out loud, and it was recorded, that his act, his attempted assassination, involved the Virgin of Fatima prior to 2000. How would he know this prior to 2000? How would Aliaga know this prior to 2000? It, it's strange. That one I don't really have even a, an insinuated answer for. That's just odd. He somehow knew that he had something to do with the Virgin of Fatima. His evil act, his evil, hateful act against a sitting pope had something to do with Fatima, but it wasn't yet revealed to anyone aside from a few people that had seen the secret, including Cardinal Ratzinger. Well, that's just odd. Well, you usually say that's just peachy. That's just strange, ain't it? Reason number eight. Uh, among the small handful of folks that had seen the secret, uh, one or more of them had let slip that they held up to the light. Now, this is, this is you know, hearsay, but, but uh, it's, it's widely accepted hearsay. 
among those who saw it. He held up to the light the envelope, which was mailed to the Vatican from Portugal in 1959. He held to the light one of the envelopes containing the secret. I guess there are two two envelopes, um, but they were copies. They're dupes. They're duplicates. And he said he counted the lines of the third secret, and they were either 24 or 25 lines. What Cardinal Bertone presented on June the 26th, 2000, was well over double that. I think if I do the math, maybe triple that. It was on two pages, not one, not a single sheet of 24 or 25 lines counted. I don't know why you made a mistake. Why would you not have an exact number? But he, he held it against the light, and it was thin, thin envelope. Um, what was presented on 2000, you know, on June 26, 2000, was over double that. I think triple that. It's not the exact thing. They, they took some iteration. Maybe they took 3A, and they had it written out more thoroughly or something. Clearly, the envelope, I postulate, were the, the the direct quote from the Virgin Mary 3B. That's my that's my guess. I think uh, I think Marshall uh, agrees with this. I, I think I think this is basically Antonio Sochi's position. He doesn't make it totally explicit in the Fourth Secret of Fatima. Go read that book, translated into the English. It's it's an eye opener. Um, rather rather compelling uh, process of elimination type reasoning. That's rule number, that's reason number eight, that what they presented to us is the third secret, couldn't be the full extent of the thing. Reason number nine, um, this is sort of speculative, but I, I find it rather compelling, compelling enough to include in a list of 10. Antonio Sochi was very close friends with Cardinal Bertone. The plot thickens. As he began, he's a Vaticanista, right? As he began to write the fourth secret of Fatima, the reason for his penning of that book, the, uh, the Fourth Secret of Fatima, which was not originally called that, was to vindicate the position of Bertone, to vindicate the position of the Vatican, really Bertone, who had this presentation on June 26, 2000, of the Third Secret, probably the first half of the secret, lacking the Virgin's words, but he set out to research and write this book, Sochi did, in order to vindicate Bertone, and it was in the course of his research that he he flipped and he said, "Look, I can't support this. My research it has has made me have the exact opposite position. The facts militate against my friend Cardinal Bertone's story." Ever since then, I haven't shepherdized this. Means checked for recentness, but as of two years ago, between let's say. Uh, year 2000 and whenever uh, the book was written 2007 or something six whenever he wrote it and at least 2020 which would have been the most important time I could have double checked Bertoni won't reply to Sochi there's you could go on YouTube there's video of Sochi just trying to confront him and say look what about this inconsistency what about this what about this we're old friends he will not be in the same room with Sochi Bertoni won't that's queer. Very, very odd. As someone who set out to write a book on a topic, uh, Vatican II documents, uh, condemning, and as someone who ended up saying, okay, the documents are fine, I still condemn the Rysandatra 
of Vatican II, but but the documents are fine. I, I had a bit of a flop. That this is not a flip flop. It's not a tonal thing. It's just oh wow, this is an insuperable thesis that I have when I look at the facts. By insuperable, I mean you can't support it. Bertoni did the exact same thing, and I really respect that. Someone that puts truth above everything. Let justice be done, though the heavens fall. Like the old Roman maxim, let justice be done, though the heavens fall. And justice here just means rectitude, rightness. That was, that was uh, Sochi, which is why I respect Sochi, among other things. Set out to write a, a, a defensive book protecting Bertoni's uh, revelation of the third secret on June 26, 2000. And he said, I have to do the opposite, man. And then Bertoni won't stand in a room with him. Because truth will out. If you got a guy telling the truth, like I think Sochi is, and a guy lying, like I think Bertoni is, and you put those two guys, A and B, in the same room, truth will out. Thus, Bertoni will not stand in the same room with Sochi. These are all facts of public record. See how I'm not going to wacky theories about the CIA killing Sister Lucy and replacing her with a fake... You don't even need that. That's... Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Who cares? You'll sound crazy if you say it. These are facts of public record. The last on my list of 10 reasons why you, the parish orphan, the retrograde of good heart, good mind, should not believe this hogwash given to us at June 26, 2000, that it's the full extent of the third secret anyway, is the following. There is a prima Fascia, that means on, in the four corners of the document, there is a, on its first face, there is a lack of appositeness, this is a, a, a lawyer's term, a lack of fittingness between Bertoni's interpretation of the, 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 the document he read, which I'm calling Secret 3A, um, and actually, would you mind um, getting that document he what, presented? What, I'm sorry. Um, just the what, what Bertoni presented on June 26, 2000. What the Vatican says is the uh, full story. It, it, they read it that day at JP2's request. I'm sorry, you just... Yeah, sure. I'll give you some search parameters. So reason 10 is the prima facie lack of fit, lack of appositeness between the interpretation of that text... And, which is the attempted assassination of JP2, and the actual words of the text, which cry out allegorically for a more explicit interpretation. Let, let me tell you what I mean. Um, yeah, this is the, the Vatican presentation of third secret on... Yeah, we can read that document. Um, so here's, here's what I mean, Okay. Kind of like we can compare first, second secret, uh, first secret, second secret, third secret, and Lucy's response to them. We can do the same thing with the, let's call it the ostensible need for a part B to secret one versus the ostensible need for an explanatory part B to secret two versus the ostensible need for an explanatory part B of secret three. It increases the need for an explanation, a textual explanation by the Virgin herself as we move from secret one to secret two to secret three. And the Vatican is asking, you will be the judge yourself. The Vatican is asking you to believe 
that while Secret One, A Vision of Hell, required an explanation by Mary herself to uh, piece apart what that vision of hell was. She said, this is a vision of hell where the souls of poor sinners go. Um, which increases with Secret 2, a pretty allegorical, but not quite so allegorical as, C- as, C- as Secret 3, a pretty allegorical vision of mushroom clouds, world strife, world conflict. I forget exactly what images were given with Secret 2, but Mary still saw fit, and it's, it's more fitting with Secret 2 than with Secret 1, to explain it. Here's the meaning of what you've seen with Secret 2. It's a little more allegorical than 1. Russia needs to be consecrated. World War I will end thus and such date. World War II might conditionally begin on thus and such date if Russia is not consecrated. Whole nations will be killed. Russia will spread her secrets, uh, sorry, will spread her evils around the world if she's not consecrated. Okay, you see how from secret one to secret two, it gets vastly more allegorical. Secret one's a simple vision of hell. This is hell. That's what Mary says. Secret two, more allegorical. This is Russia. These are world events. This is a picture of World War. This is a picture of World War One and Two. Secret three, which I'm going to read you, is literally one of the most, like the book of Revelation by John the Evangelist, one of the most difficult, symbolical, graphical texts I've ever heard of. And the Vatican is asking you and I to believe that Mary didn't give any explanatory words, even though, of course, at other times they've said Mary did give explanatory words. The direct words of the Virgin clarified the meaning. You see how that is? Um, So, you be the judge. Um, on June the 26th, there was this thing in Vatican archives called the presentation of His Holy Holiness Benedict the Sixteenth. Oh, wait, this is after the fact. Of the book written by Bertoni, the last seer of Fatima. Benedict's kind of all over the place on this, like on many issues. Um, the vision is that of a bishop in white. I'm going to read it to you, and you be the judge to, to close out this tenth reason. A very, very multifarious, very abstract vision of a bishop in white um, who's fallen upon and who, and this means things, they don't quite sync up with, with John Paul II. Um, and yet, that's the explanation, that the entirety of the meaning of 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 this third secret is JP2's attempted assassination. Yeah, third secret. Here we go. Thank you. All right. Okay. Um here it is. Okay. After the two this is what Bertoni presented and said all this meant JP2 would be assassinated in 1981 or attempted assassinated. After the two parts, which I've already explained at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we, meaning 
Lucy, and her two cousins, because this is Lucy's interpretation. This is what Lucy saw. We saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand. Flashing, it gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire. But they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated toward him from her right hand. Pointing to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance, penance, penance. And we saw in an immense light that is God something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it. A bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Just an impression. Remember, because Mary hasn't verified yet. It was just a bishop in white, probably the Pope. Other bishops, priests, men and women religious going up a steep mountain at the top of which there was a big cross of rough-hewn trunks as of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father, she's just assuming it's the Holy Father uh, henceforward, passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting step, afflicted with pain and sorrow. He prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. So there's corpses everywhere. Having reached the top of the mountain, on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers, a group, not one man, of soldiers, not some Muslim Soviet mercenary, who fired bullets, multiple, and arrows, multiple, at him. And in the same way, there died one after another, the other bishops, priests, men and women religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. So, it, so, we, so we died. In the same way, there died one after another, the other bishops, priests, men and women religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross, there were two angels, each with a crystal as- aspersorium in his hand, in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs, and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. Uh, Okay, so this is what she, according to the Vatican, what Sister Lucy wrote down well over 50 years before. Remember when her bishop asked her to. Um, Cardinal Ratzinger of this published a um, contemporaneous theological commentary in which he states... A careful reading of the text of the so-called third secret of Fatima will probably prove disappointing or surprising after all the speculation it has stirred. No great mystery is revealed, nor is the future unveiled. Now, this is Ratzinger being, as, as the man has always been and is, a bit of two minds on so many issues, on, on Vatican II, on... Uh, Pope Francis, on Pope Francis's reforms, on Sancti Gallen Mafia, which opposed him, on matters theological, on Fatima as well. He's of two minds because he gave that interview in the 80s saying that, that Fatima's really important, the meaning is still really important, uh, it's not exhausted by 1981's event, is what he was saying then, knowing, even though he hadn't revealed what it was in 1984, he knew that 1981 was not fully exhausted in meaning by three years later. So it's really strange. Um, Okay, he also says this, the purpose of the vision is not to show a film of an irrevocably fixed future. Its meaning is exactly the opposite. See, 
Now he's backtracking. He's back. If 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 Ratzinger backtracked any faster, he'd be moonwalking, or more stylishly, he'd be moonwalking, right? Because now he's giving us the uh, the kind of oh, time travel's really sexy and interesting. Back to the Future one. Before he was giving us Back to the Future one. Now he's giving us Doc's sort of normie. Uh, play it down, mitigate the whole interest in this entire franchise uh, speech at the end of Back to the Future 3 where he's like, really, you know, the future's not set, so make your future great. Stay in school. Or whatever Doc says in that final scene in Back to the Future 3, Ratzinger's going now. He's like, oh, the future's not fixed, even though all the world has been waiting to see this prediction about the future. That is the third secret of Fatima. So momentous that Sister Lucy would tremble and cry when she tried to write it down. So, so let me, let, with that preface, let me repeat his kind of waffling language here. The purpose of the vision of the third secret is not to show a film of an irrevocably fixed future. He's saying, guys, nothing to see here. Business as usual. Its meaning is exactly the opposite. It is meant to mobilize the forces of change in the right direction. That's true. But, he says, therefore we must... Totally discount fatalistic explanations of the secret, such as, for example, the claim that the would-be assassin of May 13, 1981, was merely an instrument of the divine plan guided by providence and could therefore have act- could not therefore have acted freely, or other similar ideas in circulation. That's fine. Rather, the vision speaks of dangers and how we might be saved from them. Well, now he's back to conspiratorial Ratzinger saying... Um, Cardinal Bertone is not dealing with the plenary dangers, the multiple dangers, and how we might be saved from them. And it's also just ridiculous to conceive of Mary not giving us uh, um, an interpretive text for this. So that's reason 10. It's kind of a repeat of uh, the other one. The other, I think it was reason three. You have 1A, 1B. B wasn't really necessary in secret one. It's a vision of hell. Everyone, even, even... I don't know. William Friedkin, the secularist director of Exorcist, knows what hell looks like, right? That's nothing special. There's nothing special at all. But Mary still gave explanatory text for Secret One. It became more necessary to give explanatory text with the vision of Russia and world strife. And she did. It became most important, most necessary for Mary to give an explanatory, a heuristic, an explanatory a paragraph or two on the meaning of this very symbolic, abstract, revelation-like stuff in Secret 3. And Bertone, Cardinal Sedano, I haven't gone through these guys in any great detail because it's just too much. It's a whole other show, how they've played this role. But they were kind of running the show, which was strange that it wasn't Benedict Ratzinger, sorry, and Ratzinger, on the one hand, like he always does, kind of covers for his captors, tongue-in-cheek tongue here, for his captors like Bertone, Sedano, the, the bad guys in the Vatican now, I don't know, captives in scare quotes. And in the other way, then he takes a shot at him. Then he says, you know, don't assume that this thing is, um, that this thing is fully revealed. So he can't, he's not of one mind. Ratzinger, he never is. But the point is, those are 10 strong reasons. You could take those to the bank. These are the best, least crazy, most robust, most, um, you know, check it yourself facts of public record, which constitute reasons 
why no sane person should believe that the third secret has been fully revealed. Also, um, there's the whole issue as to whether or not Russia was consecrated. There were, by anyone's estimation, even the normies, there were five or six failed attempts at consecration all throughout the 20th century. Failed attempt. All you have to do is get together a bunch of bishops and pray. And even, I, I forget, the normies will even admit, yeah, there are five failed attempts. We Fatimists, there are different species of us Fatimists, but I guess I technically count as one. We say, well, the consecration uh, that John Paul II gave in the early 80s, that was the sixth failed attempt. The normies then say, no, that sixth one counted. Gabriel Amorth, by the way, was sitting next to JP2. I can't remember, was this 1982 or 1983? Gabriel Amorth was sitting in with him when JP2 tried to consecrate Russia. And um, he said that immediately before JP2 did the prayer, honoring the request of heaven, he was surrounded by a group of um, Ostpolitik, Ostpolitik uh, theologians. Ostpolitik means don't piss off Russia that said, you will make the Russian patriarchate mad, you will make the the Eastern Orthodox mad, you will make the Russian um, people mad if you say that Russia needs to be consecrated to the Catholic Church. And therefore, he did a world consecration, which had already been done and had been acknowledged to fail in the earlier part of the century. So five or six failed consecration attempts by popes in the 20th century, depending on who you are, some people say five, some others say six. And um, that, I mean, even someone as mainstream as Cardinal Burke, if you listen to him talk about Fatima, he seems to buy into the idea that Russia was not consecrated. He, he seems to think that the normie story, the normie narrative that it has been consecrated is bunk. And by insinuation, even Cardinal Burke seems to think that the third secret was not fully revealed. This is not a, a, a wacky theory for tinfoil hat people. Ten reasons. Now you have them. We'll archive this show as The Fatima Show. Reasons of public record that you ought not to believe that the third secret's been fully revealed. And hey, and, and, as always, like, Car, uh, like um, Antonio Sochi, show me where each of these 10 reasons are wrong or weak or miscontextualized and i will i will gladly uh, acknowledge it i'll acknowledge it publicly you tell me yes some questions now here um, I'm do them now if you, if you're a, a normie on right this. here sister lucia lived until 2005 why didn't she raise any questions about the vatican concealing part of the secret there's a lot here um, this is where uh, it can get conspiratorial she, like I said about Ratzinger, I'm not going to attempt an answer here because it, it would be really long. And I'm not perfectly clear. That's part of my question, too. That's a good question. But what I've read to you from her third and her fourth memoirs do conflict with some of the views put forward by the Vatican, at least some of the views put forward by the Vatican in 2000. Why did she not do more? Then you get into crazy town if you're like, well, because she'd been whacked by the CIA in the middle of the 20th century, and that was a fake Sister Lucy that would be complicit with the narrative. Don't, I don't tend to go there. But yes, that's a good question. It beggars an answer. I don't have the answer. This is how, this is how I stake out my space within 
traditional Catholicism, right, is I don't want to go all the way into the, the wackiness in, unless I'm shown there, just substantiate it. I'll go wacky places. It's kind of wacky to even begin with by saying, hey, I don't believe the third secret's been revealed. I'm willing to go there just because of these 10 reasons I've read you. But now I don't want to speculate about weirder stuff. But people, I will say this, do speculate such theories as two sister Lucy's because of that discomfiture between some of Lucy's writings in her memoirs and then her silence when the Vatican was clearly playing fast and loose with the truth in 2000. And really, by the Vatican, I just mean Bertoni and Sedano. Okay. People enjoy stories like Fatima Lords and the Miraculous Medals, but don't seem to have a lot of interest in what Mary's recurring message was. Why do you think this is? Uh, well, her message isn't, it's, it's a lot more fun to want to read the book of Revelation, particularly if there were a, a, a synopsis that fell out of heaven of the book of Revelation that was a bit more clear. People are, are much more interested, even secularists, like the New York Times, LA Times, in a sexy horror story, or at least a mystery story, because that's fun, right? than they are in the actual message of Fatima, which was penance, penance, penance. So the, and then thank you for this excellent question. I do want to conclude. This is not hedging the bets. I do believe that it's been concealed. Secret 3B. I do. And that's sexy and that's interesting to even secularists, to to even non-evil secularists of goodwill, Right? But that, that's not intention with the idea that, that Mary's main thing is, hey, look, uh, the souls of sinners are falling into hell like snowflakes, softly and everywhere. Penance, penance, penance. Now, there's the whole interplay between the apparition of Fatima and Akita in 1973 in Japan, where it's basically like a sequel to Fatima. But the message at Akita, and there's some sexy stuff there too that you should look into. Maybe I'll do another show on it soon. But the, the message there too is penance, penance, penance. Get off, the, get off the porn, men who are addicted to porn. Get the gossip out of your mouths. Basically everyone, we all struggle with that. Gossip can be, a, whether it's defamatory gossip or even just detraction, which is true gossip, can be a mortal sin. Uh, you know, pray more. Fast more. Get your kids out of the public school. You're you're not avoiding the occasions of sin for your kids if you're if you're getting if you still have them in the public school. Quit, you know, quit your vice and your bad habits. That's way less sexy than watching a cool mystery story. You know, How, every Halloween, every October, you, it's not only the religious people that go to the horror movies, right? It's actually mostly not. It's the secular world. Horror movies and mystery movies are a lot, they're genuinely a lot of fun. I've always loved the, the mystery genre and high quality horror genre. The ex, why, so you're basically asking why is The Exorcist a more popular movie with secularists than Catholics, even though it, its message is very Catholic? It's because it's of wider appeal, but they go together. There's not a tension. The first question I was asked that you did, first questioner, present some tension. There's no tension here. Okay. Do you think the Great Reset 2030 Summit, ESGs, COVID lockdowns are consequence of Russia not being consecrated? 
I don't know. There's some tension in the facts of record on the last consecration of Russia. Like their number of Christian, you know, obviously they're Orthodox, they're not Catholic, but their Christian churches have spiked by a factor of what, 4,000 or something, over, or, or 2,000 over the last 12 years. <laughs> Christianity in Russia is, by most of the metrics, blossoming. So that would be a counterfactual, right? That would turn the other way. That would make it sound like, oh, they were cons. So I don't know, but, but that is interesting. I don't know. Holy cow. I, I really, really, really sought to, with today's show, organize for you guys, not speculate, not give you much of my opinion. I mean, by speculate, I mean things like, well, why does Sister Lucy's jaw look different in these modern pictures? Is there a second sister? I mean, I'm kind of saying that in a mocking voice. So they, you know, I've, I've heard the people that say that like Father Gruner, and it doesn't seem that crazy when you look at the before and after pics of Sister Lucy. But I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to go there. I want to be responsible. Responsibility in whatever you call this act, podcasting, live streaming. I, I really, yeah, just as a kind of creticor of my heart, I, after doing this for the first year, it was new to me telling, you know, half a million people about Fatima. That's what me, me and Marshall did four videos on Fatima and a couple of them went half a million views. And I was like, oh, shit. I wish I said this a little more carefully. Not hedging the bets, not being cowardly safe, but being more precising. Being more precising, I wish. So that's why I wanted to do a show where it's like, these are all facts of public record. I cannot be held to account for saying, look, even if I'm generating some mistrust of the Vatican narrative or Bertoni's narrative in 2000, I'm sticking to facts of public record, so there's nothing kooky about this. But that's why I wanted to do this. Now you have a show of, there might be little inaccuracies on, on, on you know, um, concrete particulars, but a show of 10 really solid reasons comprised by facts of public record that one simply cannot sanely believe that the fullness of the third secret is revealed. I do believe, now I'll give a little opinion, which I've been refraining from. I do believe that what was revealed on June 26th, uh, 2000, was secret 3A. I don't, think, I don't think they falsified that. I think that was there. I think they took away the text, the virgin's words. Where the heck are they? Okay. If you want to support this program, I'll, I'll fit it in now. Go to patreon.com. Timothy J. Gordon, please. We do need your help to keep the lights on, to keep the show running. And I appreciate the patrons we have. By the way, 10 signed copies of Steph's Ask Your Husband are going to be distributed at random to the names and the 10 names of patrons in hat that we selected. And we will be announcing that uh, shortly. Okay. Free signed copies of Ask Your Husband. Get it today if you don't have it. God bless you guys all. Remember, the main message of Fatima is penance, penance, penance. That's not, uh, that's not bet hedging, right? That's not backtracking. That is the main message. Get rid of the little sins in your life today, which are even things that we all struggle with, like something as petty-seeming as gossip can be a mortal sin. That's the main message. 
petty infighting with other Catholics. All this stuff is the tool of the devil. Get rid of it from your life. Even as you mistrust the Vatican's presentation of the Third Vatican, uh, Third Fatima secret. Do it today. Prayer and fast for the world, my friends. God bless you. Deus Volt. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit.